It's episode 198 of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting with two occupational therapists slash certified lymphedema therapists, Joanna Reed and Alyssa Moffitt. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Yay, thank you for having us. Yes, <laughs> Joanna, I gotta thank you so much for reaching out and of course the kind words and then letting me know that y'all are here with Advanced Lymphedema Specialists off mm -hmm. Staples Street, the only area, or place in the coastal bin that offers these services for lymphedema. Mm -hmm. That's major. Yeah. Okay, yes. so for people who don't know what lymphedema is, can y'all break it down for us? Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll let you go okay, for it. Okay, yes, so <laughs> lymphedema is um, most common in women who have had breast cancer treatment. Um, it is just an overabundance of fluid that accumulates in an area that is compromised with um, radiation, chemotherapy, lymph node removal after mastectomies that kind of thing, and it is um, very particular because it is, oh, I can't do this. You need to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. You're good. No, you're good. You were that doing great. great. Oh, I was like, okay. I sound like I'm teaching a class. No, 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 no. But that, but you are teaching a class because I, I, I in general know that it's swelling. Yes. But there's so much more to it than that, and that's where you come in with your expertise. You go. You, you do it. <laughs> All right. So lymphedema in very layman's term is just an accumulation of fluid, of swelling. But unlike just regular edema, which we've probably all heard that word that's yeah. just water, you know, uh, swelling water, too right. much water in a certain area. Mm -hmm. Lymphedema, lymph, um, is like a protein-rich fluid that water is attracted to. So, um, so... So basically, um, there's a bunch of different reasons you can get lymphedema. One that Alyssa kind of touched on is um, women who've had um, mastectomies. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, they're going in. It's a pretty invasive procedure. They're making an incision, which tends to be close, um, well, where our axillary lymph nodes are, mm -hmm. which our lymph nodes are kind of like these um, traffic controllers. So the lymphatic fluid is just constantly circulating through our body. Um, and then it gets to the lymph nodes and they're kind of controlling the traffic. And then, um, but if our lymph nodes are impacted or damaged, then there's nowhere for that. It's just a traffic jam. There's nowhere right. for it to go. So then we get swelling in the arm, but we can also get lymphedema in our legs for all sorts of reasons. You can be born with lymphedema. Okay. That's an important distinction there because... Because I'm like, how do, how do you know? Like, how do you get diagnosed? You know what I mean? With mm -hmm. lymphedema. Is that even the right way to address yeah. that? I, I'm not even sure. Yeah. Well, a lot of people go long periods of time without ever having gotten a diagnosis. And they've just always been told, oh, like for lymphedema in the legs, like, oh, it's, you know, it's obesity. And um, you just need to diet and exercise. Because when you have lymphedema, you tend to have other medical conditions too. Mm -hmm. Lots of comorbidities obesity being one of them mm -hmm. so people go a long time and they're just really uncomfortable and they have these big legs or um, even women after they've had the mastectomy it's surprising that Alyssa and I hear a lot that their oncologists never tell them like you will get lymphedema like really? they've never heard of it and it's almost guaranteed if you've had um, any kind of breast cancer treatment if you've had any kind of lymph node removal mm -hmm. it could just be one um if you've had a mastectomy, you will get lymphedema. It may not be, you know, six months, one year, five years, 10 years. It could be 20 years down the road, but it really? is almost a guarantee 
I think the percentage is like 90%. I don't know. I can't remember. Whoa. Exactly, but it's, yeah. it's very, very, very likely that you will at some point develop lymphedema. Mm-hmm. And for these women who don't know that and they don't take like proactive measures because if you if you are aware and you start your treatment early before you have symptoms or your symptoms are so minimal then you can keep it from getting worse right which is key it's so much easier to you know get them treated and put them in compression a a garment that they wear on their arm all all the time um versus living with it for 5 10 15 years and then it's it could com- become so much worse. The arm gets bigger and bigger. When that fluid sits, you know, it pulls and thickens. It gets harder to move out when they do come to us because, you know, the service hasn't been in the, the area. Mm-hmm. Um, the treatment it can still be successful. It is successful, but it's just more complicated. And you have more um, risks involved. Skin infection is a big thing with lymphedema that goes on for longer and longer periods oh, wow. of time. Um, so there's just a whole other host of things that can happen. Um, that we're seeing so often that they just don't they don't know about well and the fact that they're oncologists the ones who's with them you know through the the thick of their you know diagnosis doesn't tell them of that potential side effect or almost guaranteed you know secondary reaction is a hard to believe i I have a hard time with that and there's some that are for sure for sure definitely some oncologists that that refer patients yeah but but there's there definitely are some medical professionals that aren't right that you know it's such a heavy time and there's so much information coming out them they're you know they're just worried about like like let me survive this and that little thing Uh, oh by the way this could happen to you you know that's like a let me worry about that right that that makes sense um but even even still because i mean hearing the numbers that you guys are talking about and the fact that y'all are the only ones and you know we're we're not a small area you know we're we're in the top five largest cities in the texas Mm. That I, that may not be an accurate stat, but I'm fairly certain <laughs> it's true. Um, it's surprising to me. Um, so you had said. So how long has uh, lymphedema specialists been here? We opened uh, in February. Okay, y'all sure. just got here in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, that's advanced lymphedema specialists. Um, wow. So I guess y'all recognize that there were people, especially here in the coastal bend, because y'all serve Nueces County and surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who come in from. The smaller cities around us. Yeah. So, I mean, y'all really found that y'all services were desperately needed. Thank y'all so much for doing this, you know, for bringing your skills here. Because I know for people with your kind of experience level and expertise, you know, a bigger city would be calling you. But the fact that you're here means a lot. Um, okay. So, that, that that's a lot to, to process. <laughs> All right. So, when it comes to lymphedema... Are there varying degrees of, like, is there a scale? You know, because you said initially it might start off being kind of minor and then escalating. So what are some symptoms that people should be on the lookout for when it comes to lymphedema? So, I mean, if, if you are a woman who has had breast cancer treatment, just just any, you know, any changes, any feeling of heaviness, um, even if you don't have symptoms and you hear about it and, you you know, you know that this is the same thing that could happen, reaching out you know we would happy to consult with you um we have several women who are very early in the stages now and we are working with them to get them into a compression sleeve so they don't necessarily need the the full complete decongestive therapy that we would give to somebody who has a a more advanced um case of lymphedema but we can be prophylactic in keeping their symptoms from getting worse yeah Um, and just providing that education i think the education piece knowing what to watch for which would be um because it can be so mild and it may not even be in the arm it may be more 
uh, under the arm, along the trunk, on the side of the body, in the abdomen, mm. um, depending on what, what the source is. It could be just a feeling of heaviness in your midsection. Mm -hmm. um, more weight, noticing that your clothes seem to not fit as well on one side, like your sleeve may be a little bit snugger here, your bra strap, um, things like that. Yeah, and even, um, you know, lymphedema in the legs um, or even lymphedema in the arms, we have um, a patient with us right now uh, about my age, very young, active, whatever. She went on a flight, long flight, I think, to Germany, and the top of her hand literally just, like, swelled up like a grapefruit. There was, like, a grapefruit massive oh, wow. on top of her hand. And she was like, I have no idea what this is, and went to a few different doctors and they're like, well, yeah, it's probably lymphedema. So, so yeah, I mean, really, if you're, if it could happen to anyone or we have another patient who was on a cruise and got hit really hard by a suitcase and then ended up now having lymphedema in wow. her legs too. So any type of trauma to the body, yeah. uh, specifically the, well, the limbs right. can, you know, not to be freaked out like you're not going to get lymphedema if you get into a bike accident or something i mean you could but right well that's the thing like just be aware it's one of those things that could result from the trauma mm -hmm. yeah never so, heard this before ever yeah well like, even in our training as occupational therapists at least in my school and i think listen i've talked about this like we were taking a medical conditions class and it was like you know we went far 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 into depth about cancer parkinson's disease whatever and then it goes to lymphedema and it's like okay here's a slide on lymphedema moving on mm -hmm. so and the lymphatic system is a whole other thing that a lot of medical professionals don't know much about either and it's such an important vital it's like our circulatory system it's something right. that's really important to our health and people just yeah, it's this whole world that no one really knows about. I agree. Uh, because you hear people talk about, like, their <laughs> lymph nodes. I I'm laughing because my husband and I jokingly talk about our nodes when we're feeling some kind of way. You know, like, oh, I I my throat's sore. Like, how do your nodes feel? You know, like, mm -hmm. the but I mean, it it's purely that. It's like, oh, I'm under the weather. Let me check my nodes. And when I got my second COVID vaccine, my uh, the node under my armpit swelled, like, a little, swelled a little bit. Oh. Really? Um, yeah, so that, that was like one of those reactions to the vaccine, I guess. But other than that, I never think about the lymphatic system. But uh, you're describing how critical it is when it comes to like immunity, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like it goes hand in hand with your immune system. Mm -hmm. You know, people should be more aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of happened like a hot, it's like very trendy. Right trendy. Now. Is it really? Yeah. Just manual lymphatic drainage. So okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. and we're going to go into treatments in a little bit because mm -hmm. y'all do the manual lymphatic drainage and y'all also do the complete de decongestive therapy. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go into that in just a second. But you mm -hmm. actually touched on the fact that both of y'all chose to become occupational therapists. Mm -hmm. So what was the inspiration behind pursuing that particular career path? Mm -hmm. Can we go first? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I, um, I've been an OT for, I think, 18 years my math may be off. Well um, done. I know. Hey, anybody so who chooses time. to do this kind of thing, I'm so eternally grateful to you. Like, such a noble thing to do with your life. <laughs> oh, thank and you. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. And, it, I mean, it's such a rewarding career. It really is. It's so diverse. And there are so many different things that you can do, which is part of the appeal for me. I like I like variety in all things. I'm just, just putting it out there. I like variety. I like, you know, I get bored easily, so I like to be able to 
move on to something different when the time is right. I've also moved around a lot, so it was um, convenient. You know, medical jobs, there's always a demand. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing that got me into it is I growing up, I had an uncle who was paralyzed. He was in a car accident, had spinal fractures, paralyzed from, like, mid-chest. Um, so just kind of seeing him growing up, like, it was, it was very normal for me, right? Just that um, somebody in a wheelchair needing help for their daily activities, you know, everything that he did, he really did need some help with. And watching that struggle, and then as I was in college and figuring out what I was doing, I happened to read a newspaper article about somebody in a wheelchair and occupational therapy and how the occupational therapist just changed this person's life, created so much more independence for them. And when I read that, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, absolutely, this is what I want to do. I want people to be able to be independent no matter or as independent as possible, no matter what their condition is. Um, and that was the thing that really just stood out to me is like, this can be such a life changing profession to have. Um, and then once I, st- you know, got into OD school and learning everything, then I realized like the diversity and the the age range that you can work with from babies in the NICU to, you know, people in the nursing homes and everything in between mm-hmm. drug rehab, um, OT, mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. OT started with mental health, which is awesome so it's just it's been such a fun and rewarding career and I, I'll say one more thing and then I'll let Joanna no, give her background keep talking uh, yes keep talking <laughs> so, uh, the thing with this job is I, I, like I said I've been in OT for 18 years had so many different jobs worked with so many different populations but this particular job I don't think that I've ever encountered a group of people that are so thankful for our services you know, if you if you think about it, somebody who has had lymphedema in their arm for 20 years, you know, didn't really know what it was, didn't know that it was a thing that could be fixed, just kind of lived with it. Mm-hmm. And then they f- see our commercial, they come to us, and we change the way that their arm looks and wow. you know, get them back to... Same patient? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Wow. Patient this is like before and after. Yeah, I just got to see a before and after. Um, and that, w- so which therapy is this? That was the, a the decom- uh, complete decongestive therapy. Yeah. Okay. Had a, mastect- a radical mastectomy, um, meaning all, all the lymph nodes were removed. So this was wow. um, somebody who had it for, I think, 17 years. And this is not an easy treatment either. It's very much a commitment to the process. It mm-hmm. takes time. Um, but as you can see, it's effective. Yes, and extremely effective. Just they're so grateful. I mean, even if we don't have results that are as sh- like shocking Drastic. as that, mm-hmm. they're still grateful for relief because it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Your limb is so heavy and uncomfortable. Clothes don't fit. Mm. Um, it looks different. Right. It's just they people are so grateful. And I think that it's just, I mean, it's just awesome. It's a, it's a wonderful service that we're able to provide. I love that. And I love that you're feeling, I know it's not about the appreciation. I know it's about helping people, period. But to me, the cherry on top is your getting that appreciation because right. it is, it, it's very intensive, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, where, so where did you grow up? Are you from Texas? Mm-hmm. From I, Corpus? I, well, mostly. I went to high school here. Okay. My parents are here. So I moved back. This is another, a little side story. Yes, <laughs> love side stories. I, I went to high school here. I moved away for college and all, you know, everything. Um, <laughs> got a divorce, came back to Corpus to raise my daughter close to my family. I was living in Pittsburgh most recently. Where I was living, too. Like, so, yeah, I move here from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I start working here. I hear over here Alyssa's talking about Pittsburgh, and I was thinking, oh, well, must be like a Pittsburgh, Texas or something. Like, there's all these towns. <laughs> there are. And then uh, eventually I was like, wait, 
Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? And she was like, yeah. And yeah, I'd been living in Pittsburgh for 10 years, move here, and then meet pretty much the only person, I think, who's <laughs> lived in Pittsburgh. Wild. You know, we worked together. So. Small world. Yeah. We were destined, I think, All to right. be coworkers. And, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely believe in that kind of thing. And when you're kindred souls, y'all eventually cross paths. Mm -hmm. uh, well, and clearly, y'all are making a difference in what y'all are doing. Mm -hmm. Well, and the OT community in general, but also definitely in um, Corpus is mm -hmm. very small. So I feel like after a while, you know, all the other occupational therapists here as well. But yeah, it, anyways. I'm glad. Mm -hmm. So what about you, Joanna? Why did you choose occupational therapy? Well, so I, I in undergrad, I studied dance and history of art. Wow. I'm like very much still an artsy, fartsy person. Um, but I was like, I'm going to, you know, graduate my dance degree and dance in a professional dance company, move to New York, whatever. So, but I ended up in Pittsburgh where my now husband's family is from. Mm -hmm. And I, I got to dance. I, um, danced in a little company and, you know, not, How it didn't cool. pay the bills, but you still got to do it though. I still got to do it and I loved it, but what paid the bills, I guess, not a lot of, it. but anyways, <laughs> minimally it, you know in the arts you're but not the making fact, I, yeah but you got to live the way you wanted to live for a bit and I yeah. think that that's really important yeah but I worked for I was the assistant director of a nonprofit that um kind of did like dance therapy work um so we brought dance opportunities to communities and populations that don't really have access to it so we would go into nursing homes and put on um like wheelchair dance socials so dance with the residents who are wheelchair users. And this um, is in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, okay. yeah. Um, we had a program for folks with multiple sclerosis, um, and we like partnered with the University of Pittsburgh, and did they had um, actually OT and physical therapy students um, serve as the dance partners and kind of doing research on the benefits of dance with folks with multiple sclerosis. But then our largest dance program was for young adults with cognitive disabilities. So mm -hmm. lots of folks with autism and other kind of sensory stuff going on. And then through that program, I was like, wow, like I love these kiddos and adults, I should say. They weren't all kiddos, but I love working with this population. And like, I just felt like I had met, like, I don't know. I just, I really loved um, my time working and getting to know these wonderful, wonderful people. So then I started looking into other careers and then I was gonna do special education. And then I don't even know who, but someone was like, you should consider occupational therapy and then never looked back. And it's great because I have not been in OT nearly as long as Alyssa, but in my, uh, let's see, 20, I think has it been four or five, I think five years. Hey, that's, that's still great. But, um, I've been able to incorporate my dance background into like every job I've had. So, okay. And that's really cool. And I was going to touch on that yeah. because an ability to incorporate those facets of yourself into what you do in the day to day mm -hmm. is powerful. That's so magical to me. And that's why I think OT is so cool too, because you know, it's in healthcare, but it's all about, um, it's very like much client centered. So anything you're doing, it's because that person really wants to be able to do it or it's something that they love to do. So like I've had patients that have loved to dance. They used to go salsa dancing or, you know, 
and they haven't been able to do it because now they have this amputation or Mm -hmm. now, you know, they have Parkinson's, whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, well, you love to do this, so we're going to do it. We're going to find a way to adapt this activity and and make it work. And and so, yeah, it's been been really cool, I think, a cool profession for that reason. Absolutely, because it sounds like... And, you know, I had to look up what occupational, I had to make sure I understood it. Well, no one knows what it is, <laughs> right, okay. by the way. Yeah, so, no. And so yeah. this is like, I'm, I'm going to be the first to admit, I w- wanted to make sure I understood what it was before I talked to y'all today. Mm-hmm. So, and I have a very high level understanding of it. So it's, y'all are helping people with, you know, motor skills, coordination, balance, that kind of thing. That's very, you. You that's very encapsulated. <laughs> that's, that's small, like I said, high level. But in an OT's own words, how would you, or what, what is occupational therapy? Um, I think that it is just, like she said, patient-centered. What is important to you? What is, you know, it's, it's about their quality of life. What mm-hmm. is meaningful to you? What do you want to get back to doing that you no longer can for X, Y, or Z reason? Mm-hmm. Um, that's ru- that's like, that's the, the root of it. You know, it's, it's very much person-centered in what is important to them and then figuring out how we can make that happen for them or, or what can we modify so that even if they can't necessarily do it like they used to do, they, they have like a new version that is, you know, meaningful for them. Absolutely. So do you find that it's more... Maybe not more, but it may be equal parts a mental change as well as a physical. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. I want to or action oriented change. I'm not sure how to to well, word it, but yeah, we address both. I think where a lot of people's confusion is with occupational therapy is our name because people think occupation, they think job, so they think truly help people get jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we hear truly. that all the time. I'm retired. I yeah, don't need not a job. interested. <laughs> But occupation just meaning any activity that you do. So like a big thing that we'll address, especially in like a hospital or a nursing home setting, is what we call activities of daily living. So dressing, Got bathing, it. toileting, um well, a lot yeah, of things, things that, like that that people tend to take for granted that they're able to do. Mm-hmm. But they're yeah, but there's, you know, physical components to that. So if you think of someone who just had a knee replacement or something or a hip replacement and they're not supposed to be bending down, well, how are you going to get your pants on without bending down? So mm-hmm. that's where SOTs get to be creative. But if you also think about, like, the cognitive aspect, um, someone with dementia uh, who's having a hard time sequencing through, like, the steps and putting on a pair of pants. So they might put their pants on backwards or they might right. keep on trying to put one leg and both pant legs or you know what I mean so it's cool because we are always thinking about every aspect or every component literally of activity. everything it is I mean it's we're not joking when we say it is just like an absolutely wide-reaching occupation so many different pieces so many different populations we can work with so many different jobs I mean mm-hmm. it really is just I don't know how more people don't know about it. (laughs) Right. Well, well, what it means for sure, because I'm like, I've heard this uh, term thrown around a lot and have never really known what it meant. So uh, I want to thank you all for breaking it down for me and for the (laughs) listeners, because I mean, unless you're dealing with it in the day to day, I mean, you probably wouldn't know or if there's somebody you knew who, who was, you know, dealing with it. So not even closely related, but it reminds me because I have a six year old 
that I have to teach mm-hmm. how to tie the shoes. Aww. And it's very much like, oh, these are steps I don't even think about. But like, what is literally the step by step approach to teaching this young person who's never tied a shoe how to tie a shoe? It's it's really interesting, like how you have to change your thought process to reteach someone mm-hmm. or in my case just flat out teach <laughs> um so mad respect right because i'm sure is it also kind of like a learning curve because everybody's different and how they approach tasks mm-hmm. um yeah. so i mean y'all really are utilizing so many skills all at once to get your job done effectively that's amazing yeah well and it's like Alyssa, and i think i have said it's very client-centered so you really hit on something else i think that's really cool about our profession is that you have to meet everyone where they're at and you Mm -hmm. have to constantly change like the way you're leading an activity or breaking down a task for each person because everyone is so different so it's not like a one-size-fits-all approach which is also true it's cool because as lymphedema therapists too, it's like the same, like there are certain steps and I know we're going to talk about the treatment we do here, but there's like certain components that everyone gets, but like the way we approach each, each each (laughs) person and their lymphedema is so different. Okay. So it's not necessarily a one size fits all Mm -hmm. either. No. Okay. No, I like that approach too. And actually when you go to the um, advanced lymphedema specialist.com, the website mm-hmm. it actually says that so it, it, y'all do try to be um like tailor it to each individual patient which i think is so important and so whenever okay so you guys are already occupational therapists was it when y'all started working here in february that y'all decided to become certified lymphedema therapists or was that yes before okay no, so tell yes. me so we are both new um clts and it's one of those things i feel like probably for both of us it was I mean, if you believe in this kind of thing, but just like meant to be like the, the I do the, everything sort of lined up in just the right way, just the right timing um, with like for me moving from Pittsburgh back to Texas, finding a job, finding a job that needed a therapist, but wasn't needing a therapist immediately because she was still, you know, several months out from opening mm-hmm. um, the the course that I took in San Antonio was like perfect timing. It just all worked out like I could not have made it happen any better than it did. Um, I've always wanted to, I mentioned earlier, I've moved around a lot. Yes. So every couple of years I've lived somewhere else. Um, How cool. Uh, very fun, but also some di- some downsides to it. It's like, saw the world, awesome, but like kind of career limiting because you're always moving, right? Right. So fun, but downside, you don't get to develop the, um, the network, right? So being here, being in one place, like being able to network, having a name in the community, being able to specialize in something that would make financial sense because it's an investment to get these specialties. There's a bunch of different things that you can specialize in as a therapist, but knowing that you're going to move in another year um, and maybe can never use that again. Oh, right. So like for professional growth, it was difficult. So I've always wanted to specialize in something, um, not necessarily lymphedema, but I, I am glad that this worked out and we get to provide this service because it's, so like just not known mm-hmm. um, and so important but yeah so long way of saying yes that we are both new um, CLTs but she's been here since the beginning and then I've I've been here now since April May I think a- April 
Okay. But so, I mean, y'all just opened in February. Yeah. Yeah. But she's still, she's the veteran since the doors open. So. <laughs> and did y'all find that people were kind of chomping at the bit? Like, okay, there's a, there's specialists for my condition. Like, let me in. Like, did y'all have like a client base like pretty immediately? Yeah. It, um, well, no. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Mm, you know, it took, took a little bit of time to just get, get the name out there. And then once the, we have a commercial, once the commercial started running, um, then yes, people learned about us. We did a lot of marketing, visiting doctors, oh good, um, providing education or, or trying to. Um, then you know we started getting an influx of referrals, and now I mean it seems like it's getting. Of course, like any any new business, like there's ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, some some weeks were you know hard. It's hard to manage between the two mm-hmm. of us because these treatments are very time consuming. Because y'all are the only two. Yes, mm-hmm. we are. The wow. Only two. Yeah. yeah. So it's just y'all the two are of so us awesome. In this clinic, just Alyssa and I and mm-hmm. our um, office manager, and then we have a lovely little uh, rehab what, med med tech. Yes. Okay, yeah. very good. Yeah, I mean a solid team. Yeah, it's but you wonderful. know, like you said, I mean, if, it, if it's between the two of y'all administering these treatments, um, it can be a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy that y'all are helping so many yes. people. You know, yeah. um, so you said that y'all y'all did some um, learn or uh teaching i guess providing information so can people only come via a referral or can okay it has to be referral only okay so get with a general practitioner or something to to get that kind of Mm -hmm. lead yes Mm -hmm. okay so if you if you think that maybe you have lymphedema you you do need to reach out to your primary care physician or or one of your physicians and have have them you know start that process for you you like we had somebody come in today who saw the commercial and they were wondering about this treatment for a family member um so that mean that you can come come knock on our door. We'll be happy to speak to you, right? Um, and at least point you in the in the right direction. Okay, good. And of course, provide information and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then your first um, visit would be like a formal evaluation where we'd diagnose and say, yes, this is true lymphedema, or you know, you have these other medical con- conditions. Is it going to be like contraindicated or not? Are you you know are you not going to be a good um, candidate candidate for mm-hmm. the treatment too? So. Um, yeah, so that would happen before we actually start. Of we course. We want to make sure, because again, there's yes, so, so many people aren't sure what's going on, and it could be all sorts of different things. So we want to make sure it's lymphedema. Absolutely, <laughs> yes, before you, it. yeah, yeah ad- administer treatment. No, mm-hmm. I, I thank you. That's the responsible thing to oh, do. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you'd be surprised. I hear some things sometimes where people will come in, and, and um, suddenly they'll be signed up for a procedure, and then without a prior consultation and then learn they're not a candidate. Um, So thank you for that (laughs) from the bottom of my heart. Um, Okay, so I wanna get into the treatment methodologies that are offered here. So I saw two, I saw the manual lymphatic massage and then I saw the complete decongestive therapy. Uh, is that comprehensive? Did I say? Did I get them? Yes. Okay. Uh, so complete decongestive therapy. That is three pieces. Um, so it's the manual lymphatic drainage. So that is a process by which we, you know, we look at what what extremity is affected, and then where is a healthier drainage area. So, like if it's somebody who's had breast cancer treatment on the right side, we would be trying to move lymphatic fluid to drain over to the left side oh okay or down on the same side of the body so it's just it's it's a it's a little puzzle of you know what is healthy and what is not healthy Mm -hmm. and how can we get that fluid to to move and drain get back you know into the 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 body to be um metabolized out 
Mm-hmm. And then, so after the manual-lymphatic drainage, the second piece is compression wrapping. So Joanna started us off by talking about the difference between lymphedema and just regular edema is the, um, the protein molecules that are in the fluid. Mm-hmm. So you put compression, which is just this, it looks, these bandages look like ACE wrap, but they're, they're very much different than ACE wrap. Um, but it is, it's a, a layered system. We pad the arm, we put these bandages on in a very specific way. Um, it has two actions. It in the compression inhibits the function of the protein molecules so that they cannot attract the water that they want to attract. And oh, that's, that's okay. The, the fluid accumulation, um, but then it also these bandages sort of sub, like strengthen the muscle pump action of your body because that's our, our our like natural way of, of pumping fluid up and out of an extremities with the the help of the muscles. So these bandages sub- strengthen the muscle action, and that keeps the fluid moving. The way that the, the bandages are put on, there's a higher amount of pressure sort of at the bottom of the extremity, and it gradually lessens as it goes up. Oh, okay. So push it. Push right. the fluid up. And keep <laughs> it from dropping back down. Yes. Um, so after they have the manual lymphatic drainage, they get compression wrapped. Usually, if even if it's um, somebody who has just one leg affected, we'll wrap both legs just so sort of balance out their leg lengths because that can pose a whole other mm-hmm. set of problems. And then exercise. So we prescribe exercises based on you know, their level. Um, it's very basic exercise. It's just helping them find opportunities to use their muscles so that those bandages can do what they're meant to do and pump that fluid up and out. Okay. And so I know I noticed on um, there is an Instagram for you guys. And I oh, I think it was what? the Instagram. Yeah, there is. I actually started following it. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you after oh this. Oh my gosh. New um and there was talk of patients. Do y'all call them patients? Clients, yeah. patients. Patients, clients. Um yeah. clients being a little concerned about mobility when it comes to the compression wrapping. Mm-hmm. But the info that was posted was that, you know, you, they can still move around like it, it's not as constricting as they would think yeah I mean it's definitely an adjustment but I think for a lot of our patients it's just seeing the like eyes on the prize really so you're going to be a little uncomfortable it's going to be hot that's another thing yeah is, you know we have these like kind of ace bandage looking bandages mm-hmm. but that's only one layer we pad first so it's this cotton like um, one of our patients calls it like Santa Claus beard. That's that is what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. So multiple layers of this and this and the stuck in it. So, you know, it is it's a lot. It is a lot. But you can still you have full mobility. You can get in and out of your car walking around. Um, is this like a only during waking hours is it wrapped and then you take it off during no, a no. Oh. <laughs> okay. 24, 24 seven until so. you all say until they come back to us. Okay. Again. Wow. Yeah. So it's um, most people we recommend. Well, actually, technically, our patients should be coming five times. Okay. A week. This was a question I had: is what is the duration of treatment? So technically, five times a week, if not every day, right? And then most people will be seen for six to eight weeks. But that's what what's ideal. That's what they do, like in you know other countries with. Of course, yeah. of course, yes. So I'd say, I mean, like most people here are coming two to three times, most three times a week. Mm-hmm. And then we've seen most people for what would you say, six to eight weeks yeah. still? But yeah. two to three times a week, six to eight weeks, 
they come, they we unwrap the extremity or extremities. They get their manual lymphatic drainage, which we can talk about more. Yes. And then we wrap again, and then they're on their way. And the, oh wow! They've got to keep. They've got to keep that wrap on until their next appointment. Dry. Dry. So okay. yeah, for bathing, um, good old trash bag. Cover <laughs> up that leg with okay. the trash bag. And yeah. Keep it. Or you know. Um, you know, some people will just choose to sponge bath. You know, yeah, again, yeah, I whatever have, works. Eye on the prize, though. Yeah, I like that. Commitment. I like yeah. that. Yes, like you said, um, it is a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're helping you get to a more a better living arrangement. Yeah, and some people tolerate it pretty well. Some people are, don't, you know, but then other people, it's it's a challenge. And but you know, again, it's just all different personalities and people and Absolutely. different lifestyles that all comes into play too. But yeah. Yeah, and I know it's in the name, but I mean just to emphasize, y'all are manually manipulating moving. this limb and moving this fluid. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that clearly was something that y'all had to be taught. And I mean, do you have to build up a stamina for that kind of thing because, you know, you're dealing with a swollen limb essentially. Mm-hmm. Um it is. I mean, really it's not um how can I say this w- having worked in tons of different places where you're doing like a complete dependent transfer, meaning you are physically lifting somebody out of bed and putting them into a chair or a wheelchair or whatever. Like, it's not physically demanding like that for the most part, mm-hmm. but it is exhausting. I mean, absolutely, you know, these, these treatments take ninety minutes. Okay, two I was hours. curious. Wow, three hours sometimes. It, it just depends depending. on what. One, well, like you said, depending on how many limbs as well, right? Because you might have a patient with multiple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, there's a lot of, you know. Luckily, we have the background that we do, so we know like body mechanics and how to keep our body safe while we're doing these things, and you know, make make the changes that we need to make to be able to do what we need to do in a safe way that is not going to, you know, <laughs> have us in occupational therapy. Of course, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is. It's it's a tiring job, mm-hmm. but so fun and absolutely love it. And what is so cool is just it's like a little. Um, we spend so much time with these people. Mm-hmm. You get, you d- really develop relationships. You know, we we do. We try to make it enjoyable for them. It should be a relaxing experience, mm-hmm. like the the little massage. It's not really a massage, but for lack of a better word, we'll call it a massage. Um, that it, it's relaxing. It's nice. It's quiet. You put you know spa music on and try to really make it a whole process for them so mm-hmm. that they can relax and just and look forward to it. I feel. Yeah. I know. I'd look forward to relief. There's relief at the end of the six to eight weeks, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and is it something that, do you see progress incrementally or is it kind of just all suddenly, you know, the swelling has gone down significantly and stays down or like, is or does it differ from patient to patient? Well, we take measurements. Um, their first time they come in, we'll take like circumferential measurements like of the arm, like every four centimeters of the whole arm and then put them into a system and then every week we take the same measurements to see like what the the volume decrease is and so that will tell us but you can also visually the the patient and us can see too like each week sometimes from like one session to the next like it the limb looking smaller and smaller and smaller and then also with lymphedema especially if they're kind of more um, late stage or more involved there'll be like changes in um, the texture of the skin. So sometimes people will have what's called fibrosis, where it's kind of this like hardened skin. Mm -hmm. Um, So the cool thing about what we do too is we're actually 
loosening that skin so we'll we'll be able to feel oh wow it's a lot looser oh right um, so there's all sorts of yeah like it's like every session you'll notice it's very exciting like yeah absolutely like a, to see like a, results a Christmas present you're unwrapping mm-hmm. like what are we gonna see here um, <laughs> and y'all are just as like excited we are just as excited because sometimes you you know people respond so well like just immediately and you're like holy you know wow that like I did something right. Like mm-hmm. this is working, which is still, you know, as new CLTs, like I, I'm, I'm always looking for that. Mm-hmm. Like, Ooh, good, good job, Alyssa. <laughs> yeah. You did it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, that to me is very rewarding. Mm-hmm. And um, I know they have to be thrilled with it and like doubling down on the treatment. So you said on average, I guess, or just customarily at six to eight weeks is, I mean, is it ever, is the time frame ever increased or decreased depending on results? Mm-hmm. Sadly. Um, a lot of it is insurance based. Um, uh, of course. You know, yeah. so in an ideal world, we would just treat as long as we were seeing that progress. Like Jonah said, we, we have those weekly measurements. So as long as those measurements are going down, we know that we can keep going, that the, the limb is continuing to get smaller. Um, so sometimes people only have a set number of visits and we just get as far as we can. Right. And then get them into um, a garment that they wear. That's uh, the, other, the other piece, the post-acute phase is um, selecting the right compression garments, mm-hmm. which are sleeves or Velcro wraps that they would then continue to wear. Because that side story here, lymphedema <laughs> is not curable. Okay. It is, it is, Thank you for yeah, touching on this. Mm-hmm. It is not something that we will ever make go away because you cannot extricate those protein molecules mm-hmm. from the body. Um, so we get them to the most reduced state that we can get and then show them how to maintain that. So That's we, so we important. Teach them um, manual techniques that they can do themselves. A lot of them will get a pneumatic device, which is um, the next best thing, I guess, to you know having a person do the manual lymphatic drainage. It's a, a machine that they can put on that um, fills with air and sort of mimics that um, sequence of movements that pushes the fluid up and out. Um, but compression garments are probably the, the absolute most key because for a lot of um, people who have this illness, diagnosis, they, um, before, you know, our services were here and, and a thing for them, um, a lot of them would just get a, a pump and a prescription for a compression garment. Okay. But a compression garment that doesn't fit well uh-huh. can cause more harm than good. So a lot of these patients will, um, they'll know, they'll know something about compression. So they'll go on Amazon, oh, order themselves yep. a little stocking mm-hmm. and then, yep. you know, they'll say, oh, I, these are so uncomfortable. I can't ever wear them. They just, they roll down, you know, or like my hands all puffy where the compression sleeve ends. Yeah. And it's like, well, that doesn't fit you. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So that's another area where our um, expertise comes in hand is getting you properly fitted for the garment so that it is something that you can wear. And also as occupational therapist, these things are hard to put on. Okay. I mean, they really are. If you don't have, if you're an older person who maybe doesn't have the range of motion to bend down and reach your feet or the strength in your hand to, to hold it open, being able to come up with alternatives so okay this isn't going to work but what will or how can we modify the application of the stocking so that you can wear it and take it off of yourself you might be able to get it on but if you can't take it off then you can't wear it right you can't keep it on all the time yeah just so many things to consider <laughs> I, as soon as you said anybody who knows anything about you know a compression sleeve um, without being given this other information about fitting we'll just go to amazon and order i know for mm-hmm. a fact i would do that i'd be like i can take care of it um no there's so many more things to take into consideration when you know applying 
even if it's preventative treatment or like post um, post care kind of uh, actions. Um, thank you for saying that and for the fact that it's not curable. So when it comes to somebody having lymphedema and it goes unchecked, y'all had mentioned potential skin infections. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that people would need to be concerned about if they choose to just kind of live with lymphedema? I think it's probably more often seen in the legs, at least from our, my experience mm -hmm. here. Like I haven't seen anybody, maybe one or two, who end up with a, an infection on the arm. It's mm -hmm. more related, I think, to um, like people who have underlying venous issues mm -hmm. that then kind of over time convert into this lymphedema process. Interesting. And then the, the further the lymphedema stages get, then that's when you start seeing b a buildup of fluid, right? So that, um, that slows down all the, the good nutrients that we need to keep the skin healthy. Mm -hmm. It's harder for those nutrients to, to reach those areas. Um, so your skin is just in general more likely to infection, but then you, ha you can have weeping like where the, the, the lymphedema is so diffuse in there that it can kind of like seep through. Mm -hmm. so through skin? Or, yeah. yeah. Wow. So we'll see that, yeah, like a little fluid. Or some people say, oh, the entire table, we have, you know, medical tables. The entire table was wet once I got up off, you know, like yeah. it'll soak through. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize I could actually escape. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a gnarly <laughs> fluid <laughs> yeah well i mean i mean I, I guess eventually your skin can only handle so much and then it has to go somewhere stretch 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 so um and it's just i mean it's so uncomfortable you 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 know can you like just kind of visualizing somebody whose legs or arm is just so tight and t hard and right and then the weight of it yes. like you had described yeah. um well now for anybody listening if you or anybody you know is um uh, suspects that they are suffering from lymphedema, go talk to a primary care physician or any physician to get a referral to come here. So Alyssa and Joanna can look at you, you know, in <laughs> real life and, and help you make that determination and then set up a treatment. Um, ladies, y'all have been absolutely incredible. Um, this has been uh, an amazing conversation that I am so much more enlightened about. So do you find that family members are reaching out to y'all constantly referencing y'all for information because they know that y'all are specialized in this area? Like, do you find that there's a thirst for knowledge and people that you know um, to pass on? Like our, our family members? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I have. Um, yeah, I do. I would say that that, that happens. Yep. I'm always curious. Like about lymphedema? Yeah. Your family? Mm -hmm. They like know people with or, or themselves. You have family with lymphedema. Well, maybe. maybe oh, not. okay. Right, I but see. I mean, but as soon as they see it, because I'm like, I know that if y'all were close friends or close family, I'd immediately be tapping y'all's knowledge, like, or even about occupational therapy. Like, do you find that people are oh, constantly yeah. referencing y'all for information about this kind of stuff? Well, it's funny because so, I personally, I no one in my family or friend circle has lymphedema, but one of my dear friends texted me last night and she got a hornet. Um, a hornet bit her on the foot, bit her, stung her, <laughs> whatever hornets do, bit her, <laughs> stung her on the foot and her foot, she sent me a picture, is just so swollen. And obviously that's not lymphedema, right? but the manual lymphatic um, drainage, that light pressure massage, massage that we do here can still be effective on oh. just 
getting fluid moving okay. fluid around. So I actually sent her video. You'll be embarrassed <laughs> to know this. Alyssa and I um uh did videos of ourselves. Well actually just Alyssa doing um the banyol lymphatic drainage on her on herself. Oh um that we give to patients. So like like Alyssa I think kind of tapped into when they're getting ready to discharge from us um, you can do self manual lymphatic drainage. So okay. we teach them how to do that. And then we also took these videos so we can send that to them and they have it like as a reference. Anyways, my friend with the Hornet, I sent her the video <laughs> and said, watch this and do the self MLD to try right. to get that fluid out of your foot. So yeah, people will ask. Yeah, totally. Like that, that is, but to me, that's so important. Is this a video that's for anybody to see or is it just kind of like a hey once you start treatment with us here you Patience. go <laughs> okay yeah well and if you there are some good resources online but there's also some really bad ones okay thank you for that and and yeah like we kind of touched on a few times i think mld specifically is having like a hot moment so see, i didn't know that and now i'm gonna see it i bet as soon as this conversation is done, I'll start seeing it. Well, because it's also, unless I went to a training on this, so she should talk about it. But after surgery, a lot of people will get any type of surgery or plastic surgery. People will get the manual lymphatic drainage. Okay. So. I know what you're talking about. All right. Oh, well. Yeah. So if you want to. Well, yeah. like in, in particular toward a Brazilian butt lift, they'll have to get mm -hmm. this kind of thing done because mm -hmm. they can't really move or like sit or anyway, anything. It's 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 an interesting topic yeah. <laughs> so like mld itself um is kind of a standalone therapy right it's got just healing benefits it's analgesic it, it, meaning it can be pain relieving mm -hmm. um it can be a what's what's the word if you're on hospice like a, pa a palliative treatment uh -huh. so maybe it's not going to stop the process or give them much um you know like a, if it was somebody with breast cancer later stages they're very uncomfortable they could come to us just for pain relief not necessarily to decrease uh, the volume of the limb but to just to be more comfortable okay right um so that the manual lymphatic drainage technique is just a, a good whole body healthy you know you're moving that fluid you're speeding up your recovery time you're decreasing pain mm -hmm. um and it, it's really actually really interesting like there are so many different things that you can do with this mld um, piece of the decongestive therapy there's you know I have friends who um, specialize like in facial stuff and work in spa offices mm -hmm. and they do this technique on the face and wow. it's great for your complexion and yeah anti-aging benefits and okay kind of mm -hmm. so it's yeah multifaceted for sure mm -hmm. okay yeah no thank you cool. yeah thank you for that mm -hmm. um Ladies, this conversation has been fantastic. Thank you so much for bringing your skills to this clinic here in Corpus Christi and serving the Coastal Bend, essentially. And uh, I just want to thank you again for being here with me. And I appreciate you all very much. Well, thank you for having us. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. Come see <laughs> us. Any any help that we can provide, we'd be happy to do it. We love our jobs. We love, we really we love what we do. We love mm -hmm. working with each other. We have a great time. Mm -hmm. So well, we will you know, do our best for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like I said, anybody listening who, you know, is interested in more information, it's advanced lymphedema specialist here in Corpus Christi off of Staple Street. Thanks again, ladies. Thank, yeah, you. thank you.